0: We are a nation that has weaponized its law. You're
1: watching President Trump uh, give a speech to the American uh, Policy uh, Institute. We're going to cover it here live on World. We'll be back as soon as
0: the speech is over. We are a nation that no longer has a free and fair press. Fake news is all you get, and they are the true enemy of the people. We are a nation where free speech is no longer allowed, where crime is rampant like never before, where the economy has been collapsing, where more people died of COVID in 2021 than died in 2020. We are a nation that is allowing Iran to build a massive nuclear weapon, which they are incredibly being allowed to do right now as we speak. Would have never happened under President Trump. They were dying to make a deal. They would have made a deal with us right after the election, and it would have been a good deal. And China is being allowed to use the trillions and trillions of dollars it has taken from us to build a military the likes of which possibly the world has never seen. And this also would never have happened with us. The level of speed with which they're going is a very dangerous thing. And just two years ago, we had Iran, China, Russia, and North Korea in check. They weren't going to do a thing against us And everyone knows it, especially those leaders. And perhaps most importantly, we are a nation that is no longer respected or listened to around the world. We are a nation that, in many ways, has become a joke. We are a nation that is hostile to liberty and freedom and faith. We are a nation whose economy is floundering, whose stores are not stocked, whose deliveries are not coming. And whose educational system is ranked at the bottom of every list. But we are not going to let this continue. Two years ago, we had the greatest. There's never been anything like it. Two years ago. It's greatness like no one had ever seen. There's never been anything. We were outlapping China at levels that they never thought possible. China always thought they were gonna be the world's biggest economy by 2018, 2019 at the latest. And they weren't even close because we were outdistancing something that they never thought could happen. But soon we will have greatness again. With all my heart and all my soul, I firmly believe that the American people will reject a fate of decline, demoralization, and ultimately a fate of defeat. And I believe that we will come together and choose instead a future of renewal, revival, recovery, resurgence, and in the end, a nation that is more exceptional than it ever was before. I believe we can do that. America's story is far from Mm -hmm. over. And in fact, we are just getting ready for an incredible comeback, a comeback that we have No choice but to make. We don't have a choice. We won't have a country if we don't make it. Through strength, we will restore our safety. Through hard work, we will rebuild our prosperity. Through courage, we will reclaim our liberty. Through love, we will repair our unity. Through success, we will rediscover our pride. And through unyielding determination together, We will make America stronger, safer, freer, greater, and more glorious than ever before. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a great honor. Thank you.
1: Uh, the new theme song How about the, uh, one more the, uh... big
2: round of applause for President uh, Donald that.
1: J. Let's hear Trump. another round of applause for yeah, yeah. President Trump. Okay, let's go to Chris and Carter. This is Stephen today. K. Bannon. You're in the yes, War Room. President, President Donald J. Trump just finished uh, a major, uh, a major address at the America First Policy Institute. This is one of these many policy institutes that have sprung up. We have Russ Voad and other people on here. You got CPI. You got what Russ Voad is doing is renewing America. You got AF. P.I. America First Policy Institute. He gave a policy speech today. Let's go to Real America's voice, Chris Carter. I believe it's the Marriott Marquis here in Washington, D.C. Chris Carter is there live. Chris, give us your assessment of the, uh, of the speech, sir. Okay. I don't, uh, don't have Chris Carter? No. Okay, fine. Fantastic. <laughs> Am I going to get Chris Carter? Yeah, you will. Okay, just a moment. Okay, Stephen K. Bannon here. We just had a speech. I, you know, it was um, interesting. I don't want to say it was low energy because it was not a rally speech. It was a policy speech. So you're not going to get President Trump going off on along these classic riffs uh, that he does on occasions at the uh, at the uh, at the rally speeches. Uh, but he did. It was a very detailed policy speech. I'm still trying to find the structure in it. Uh, we'll get into that. we got Matthew Tiermond, who's live there. We're going to get to Matthew in a moment. we got Boris Epstein. We've got some analysis of this speech. First time back in Washington, D.C. Uh, from the day that he left uh, in uh, what, uh, January 20th of 2021. Let's go to Chris Carter of Real America's Voice. Chris, give us your assessment. You saw the whole thing in the room. Tell us your thoughts.
2: Wow, this was an amazing policy speech by Donald Trump. When he came back to Washington, we knew he was going to say a lot. But this was a speech focused mostly on law and order. We heard consistently about how... These towns all over the cr- across the nation run by Democratic leadership have let their cities pretty much just fall into shambles. And then the border. He went extensively into what he had done with the border and some of these world leaders, primarily the nation of Mexico, getting to pay their fair share, trying to help us control the border, putting those 28,000 troops on the border. And he also went on to say the thing that the fake news media hates the most. The election was stolen. It wasn't right. What happened to this country? And this country should be ashamed. In fact, he called it a disgrace. So he covered a lot of ground quickly here. He spoke for about an hour and a half, and this was a standing room crowd only of ultra-maga supporters. Well,
1: when you say ultra-maga supporters, you know, mediaites breaking a story right now that on CNN the other day, the PR, the guy in charge of communications, Mark Lauder, said right on CNN that President Trump lost the uh, President Trump lost the election i think there's half of the audience there today half of the people at the american i hate to be brutally frank about it but i don't think i don't think very many of them are members of the three of november so chris i beg to differ i'm not sure there's a whole lot of uh people that have dedicated themselves to getting to making sure we can decertify the election i think that half of the people on the names half of the names at least half the names at the american first policy institute believe Trump lost the election. Mark Lauder is head of communications. I'm gonna put this up in a second. In fact, I'll get it to Denver that we can play it. Mediaite's reporting, he gave an interview with Jim Acosta. And Acosta says, did Joe Biden win the election? And Mark Lauder says, yes, he won the election. Uh, so, and uh, that is not the belief of the war room. I'm gonna get this to our producer, Cameron and he will get it to Denver. I wanna play this a little later. So look, I beg to differ. I, there were some interesting things in there but I thought it was more of a laundry list. I didn't see thematically. I thought he was going to go into the Axios reporting this week about the deconstruction of the state is the most, I think, detailed uh, theory of the case of government I've seen. And he made one passing reference to it. In fact, people were tweeting me that he says he wants the ability to fire bureaucrats. Well, actually, the policy is much, much deeper than that. I'll be honest with you. I was for something I was looking forward to, thought it was going to be fantastic first time back. I didn't get it. You said inside the room, how's it received? Because we heard. Just a smattering, of a lot of applause early, but just a smattering later on. What was was the perception in the room?
2: The energy level was very high, but just like you indicated, he started out pretty strong and then he got into a really heavy policy discussion about what's gone wrong. You know, the worst start to the stock market in over a hundred years, gas, all time high since they started keeping records, all these basic common sense things. And you're right, the tone did subside a little bit. People have been waiting, and frankly, there were a few supporters that showed up, I think, outside, but they weren't making much of a ruckus at all. People were listening very intently to what the the former president had to say, looking for a little bit of a layout as we go down the road here and seeing what he wants to do and what kind of platform he would run on if he announced. But it was a little bit more subdued than maybe what we've seen on the campaign trail in the past. But I think the president's pacing himself for basically what's going to be the longest re-election campaign in American political history.
1: Chris, I want to ask you, uh, you were in the room. He did make something I thought was quite fascinating. He t- went after the, the January 6th committee to say, look, here's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it that I can't go back and have my job again. I mean, he was making the case, hey, I'm here to work for the American people. He talked about crime. He talked about things he's going to do in the city. He had some some concepts about real estate other things to create value but then he talked about january 6th did you pick that up too that he was actually laying out the case to the american people that hey they're trying to stop me from even having the potential to take on the democrats did you take it that way or am i misreading that
2: i think he's alluding to that fact a little bit but you don't really need to state the obvious to this room because anybody in tune politically knows that so many of our people, including yourself, have been caught up in this charade, this political circus. When is it going to stop? When are these people that are elected to office going to get down and do the business to the American people? And you're right. They are absolutely terrified of Donald Trump.
1: Chris, you've been following this for a long time and following the campaign of following Trump. You're probably one of the guys that have more perception on this than just about anybody. What would your sense be? that you feel that you see Trump announcing in the next, uh, let's say month, the month of August about the presidency? Or do you think that he'll they, wait until after the midterms? What's your, what's your betting today after you've seen this first time return to Washington and seeing this major policy address?
2: The vibe that I get, Steve, is basically they're pulling the reins back on a stallion that wants to announce. He wants to run the race, but they also know that the political temperature in Washington and across the nation is so volatile. They're going after people's families. They're going after people personally. You know this. He has a lot of baggage to carry around, but when you look at the base and you look at Republican politics and conservatism in general, there's Donald Trump or there's nothing.
1: Chris, how do people uh, get you on social media? How do they follow you in Real America's Voice?
2: You can follow me on carterrocks.com or any of the various handles. Follow me on all my platforms. I manage about 10 of those there. It's at carterrocks.com.
1: Chris Carter, Real America's Voice. The intrepid, indefatigable Chris Carter, always in the the thick of it here in Washington, D.C. Thank you, Chris. Really appreciate it. Let's go to Matthew. We have our own Matthew Tierman. He's not on the Ukrainian border. He's actually right outside the ballroom. Matthew, we got about a minute. Put us in the room, and then we're going to take a short commercial break and come back to you, sir.
3: You know what uh, kept running through my head as I listened to this? This reminded me of Enoch Powell's Rivers of Blood speech. Ninety percent of the content was crime. You don't have a country if your cities and your public spaces are absolute chaos and anarchy. He cited example of example in the Kate Steinle mold, of just violent crime in New York, Chicago, Baltimore, San Francisco, L.A., etc., the NASCAR driver last week. And he really drilled down on, this is what the Dems are doing to our society, to our country, and they're ruining it from within. We need to be tough on law and order. He did go around some of the fringes of other big C cultural war and conservative issues. But this was, it just reminded me of Reed Enoch Powell, Rivers of Blood. It's, that's okay, Ma-
1: Matthew, 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 hang on one second. We'll take a short commercial break. I already know uh, Madeline Peltz's headline over at Media Matters. Matthew Tierman War Room equates <laughs> Trump's speech to Enoch Powell Rivers of Blood. We're going to be back in a moment. We got Matthew Tierman live at the Marriott Marquis. Boris Epstein will also join me. All next in the War Room. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late for you to take action now. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 and get a free info kit
2: Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon.
3: The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide.
2: War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon.
1: Okay, freshly back from the uh, Polish-Ukrainian border and now at the Marriott Marquis in uh, Washington, D.C., Matthew Tierman was there live. Matthew, you made an analogy that I know Madeline Peltz's her hairs on fire right now. You compared this part of it to the Enoch Powell River of Blood speech. And people should know that was a speech where he was talking about the crime and disorder. And, uh, and let's say this, Enoch was not a, pa- uh, not a, uh, a, a friend of uh, immigration. What did you mean about the part of Trump's speech to talk about law and order chaos in the major Democratic-run cities in this country, comparing it to Enoch Powell, sir?
3: So there are certainly lateral corollaries with the immigration facet of, of, breaking, of law and order breaking down. Uh, Enoch Powell was writing about a Britain that was starting to be remade demographically by immigration from its former Commonwealth uh, uh, colonies that had started to immigrate en masse to the cities of England. And he said there would be rivers of blood if this is not under control. And Trump made very, very similar corollaries to the law and order breakdown, with immigration being a component of it. He talked about Mexico and the dumping ground of the criminality from Central and South America that Mexico allowed to pass through their borders. Uh, but it's more than that. It's the cultural degradation of our inner cities with not just, you know, third world migrants, but with people who have been failed by uh, parentless homes, by uh, broken education systems, and crippling poverty. And what is the tie that binds in all of these facets? Democrat governance, the Democrat union teachers complex, education complex, the welfare system these cited you know, uh, an old idea, uh, workfare, you know, you have to, you're able-bodied and you want welfare and public benefits that are better than our veteran's benefits, then you have to, you know, demonstrate that you're trying to work or work in some capacity. Uh, These are somewhat common sense things. And now people across this country, I live in Chicago. I I moved from New York. Uh, I live in Chicago part-time, part-time in Miami. But Chicago is, you know, I watch uh, cops uh, getting chases with uh, carjackers every single night on Lakeshore Drive, gunshots every single night. It's the worst it ever was. 90% of his speech in an hour and 40 minutes was citing examples of law and order breaking down And Democrat governance allowing it, if not perpetuating it, cites the Zeldin, you know, assassination attempt and cashless bail. Cites Philadelphia. He didn't mention Krasner by name or Bragg by name in New York or Tessa Budin. But he talked about, you know, the Democrat city's governance is a cancer that is making people from all sides of the political spectrum feel unsafe. And I actually think it's very, very smart. His first speech back in D.C., he's hitting upon an issue that affects everyone. Everybody right, left, or center is scared now to go on the New York City subway or be out in Chicago at night. I live in Chicago. They board up the Hermes stores on Oak Street because it's so rampant and the cops have their hands tied behind their back. We talked about defenestrating that policy, letting cops be cops, putting more federal money into national police complex, task force with DHS and DOJ to break up the gangs. This is like Enoch Powell. It was very focused on our society will degrade and break down if we do not get a handle on this tailwind of anarchy and violence and lawlessness. And Trump astutely correctly put it the blame where it lies on Democrat Party politics and governance. And it worked very, very well in the room. He touched upon some other big C conservative culture war issues. He did say, you know, no, uh, no men in women's sports. That got a standing ovation. He said he ad libbed that one, it wasn't on the uh the prompter because some of his people said it was too controversial. That actually got the biggest applause line because there's a little bit of a pivot from the uh law and order facet of of this uh big press. Uh, but this was really very Ma- Ma- Enoch Powell like sounding a warning, Ma-
1: Ma- Ma- Matthew. Let me ask you, you mentioned he went on about the hundred thousand homeless throughout the country, democratic policies. He is a real estate developer, talked about what you could do in these cities. Walk me through that he had a focus on homelessness and how homelessness was a policy of Democrats that was exacerbating the, 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 the level of anarchy in the cities.
3: Yeah. So Trump, Trump, like myself, is a New Yorker, and he was there. He made his sort of fortune. He got big in the 1980s. and That's when I grew up in New York City, in Brooklyn, and Manhattan. And, you know, you read Tom Wolfe, Bonfire, and, 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 uh, you hear about the famous... And I'm um, broken Windows policy, said if you don't fight the homelessness and you get violence everywhere, drug addiction, violence, uh, impo- massive poverty. And so he was after seeing New York's resurgence under Giuliani with broken windows, he actually had a somewhat radical idea, which probably the ACLU would be up in arms about. We need to make encampments, which I had images of, the, you know, the Hoover bills during the Depression. You need to set up land on the periphery of the urban areas and round up the homeless that's, that are all over the inner cities in Chicago and San Francisco and Philadelphia and New York that are harassing the good citizens of these formerly fair birds and have made them look like Gotham City and need to bring them to encampments, set up the tents, and bring in medical professionals, psychologists, rehab and addiction specialists and try and uh, consolidate these people and then get them on their feet from there. You can't do it slapdash by just throwing money at shelters through democratic political urban systems because look at uh, de Blasio's wife and how much graft. Uh, hundreds of millions of dollars went to consultants. Nothing went to solving the homeless problem. And he knows that. He's a New Yorker. Hang
1: on for one second, uh, Matthew. I want to bring in Boris Epstein, get Boris' take, but I want to come back and talk to you about national security and, and international affairs and geopolitics. Boris, give us your assessment. You've watched this speech. You've been keeping a close eye on President Trump and what's going on, uh, the speech today, principally a domestic policy speech it sounded like, but what's your, what's your hot take on it?
4: Steve, undoubtedly a law and order speech from President Trump, a robust speech, a power speech. The president laying out in his first time back in Washington, D.C., since you know, that that tough day on, on Jan 20, 2021, when he left, being the legitimate 45th, 46th, and as we hope and expect, 47th president, uh, left D.C. for Florida, Jan 20. Now he's back today laying out everything that's wrong with our country and, and, and focusing on law and order. Because... It is all for Americans, for all people all across the world, it is all about security. It's financial security, but more importantly, it's personal, physical security. And Americans are losing that security, especially inside cities. It might be in New York, Chicago, Atlanta, L.A., so on and so forth. And that's what the president laid out. That's what he focused on. That did also hit some hit some social issues. There was a robust speech. I mean, look at the timing. I think over an hour and a half, way maybe way yeah. over that. Uh, and yep. and the president again, if you compare right him to you know Joe Biden, who right now is recovering whatever he's doing. He's got one day he's got cancer, another day he's got COVID. Guy doesn't know whether he's coming or going. Joe Biden can't give a three minute talk without being all over the place. President Trump gives a powerhouse speech on policy, and and this is you know a speech on policy now that follows let me, let several me. recent policy me, speeches, including on the, uh, on the importance of the Second Amendment
1: hang on for one second because i want to go back to matthew on a comment sure. you just made matthew uh, boris referred to president as the legitimate president and you talked about the first day back since he left on uh, january 20th of 2021 and president trump went there president trump talked about the election i i felt in watching you'd see the room a little bit freeze up give us your, how bold was that for trump's first return in the middle of the january sixth committee right and he actually said, he made a comment as I talked to Chris Carter, Real America's Voice, he made a comment, this is all about trying to stop me from coming back and doing my job again. Matthew Tierman, your assessment.
3: So I think the room was very, very with him on everything he said. When he said, you know, I won in 2020, more than 2016, you know, in the sort of midsection and the standing areas in front of the media uh, segment, uh, people were screaming, clapping. Uh, you know, obviously the uh, our, our state, uh, leadership in these first few rows, they sit on their hands, plus they, you know, walk into another hit piece they're trying to avoid because many of them are spineless. But again, you had the, the members of Congress there who have balls. I mean, the ones like uh, Mary Miller in Illinois who just survived uh, a district merge uh, and there was a squish they wanted to have take that seat. And she gets to have those who are willing or not back and down from the fight who support him overwhelmingly i think the group obviously AFPI has you know
1: some mix- okay we just lost matthew let's try to reboot him because i want to keep him there live to see if we're gonna boot him uh uh boris your thoughts uh he, if president trump was not shy now this is the first day back well, what uh, they're essentially running hang on they're running a show trial they're running a show trial to basically get to that part of the constitution where you're an insurrectionist that you can't run again he brought it up. He said, the whole purpose of this thing is to, I think it quote, was not allow me to come back and do my job, or words to that effect.
4: How bold a move was that by Donald J. Trump, sir? It was a bold move. It's exactly what we expect from President Donald J. Trump. That's exactly who he is. He calls it out like he sees it. You see it all the time on his on Truth social. He's not mincing words. He's calling it exactly what it is, which is, it's a kangaroo court. It's a witch hunt. I mean, Steve... Even in letters that have to do with with some people we know pretty well, if you know what I'm saying, the president's been very, very, you know, upfront calling you know, the people uh, thugs and ha- hacks and thugs, right? That who are perpetrating this charade against him. So yeah, he's in your face. And by the way, I will tell you, I'm, I, I am, uh, you know, a, a very much strongly jealous of, Pre- of, of President Trump only having to be in D.C. now for the first time since January 2021. 20, 20, now, you know, the swamp is a. <laughs> A place that's <laughs> definitely nice to nice to escape, and 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 I hope that unless absolutely necessary, he doesn't come back until at the earliest Jan 20, 2025, when he's sworn the, in of. As the next president. The morning of the, the morning States. of the yeah there's the no morning I don't of. think there's any need to come in and out you know the whole thing no more no, you know
1: it's no it's no no hang on it's perfect irony because he left and flew to Mar Lago on that around uh, around eleven thirty in the morning he had to leave Mar a Lago that morning and get there about. You know, eleven thirty, and then uh, I will and then s- go to whoever whoever's at sixteen hundred Pennsylvania, whoever whatever regime uh, is at uh, sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue, pick them up, and we'll meet you at the Capitol, right? Yeah, we'll skip like the that we'll, skip, we'll
4: we'll skip the tea this time. Okay, we'll skip the tea. Skip the coffee, Here's, no coffee. Yeah, there's no co- there's no, there's no need for the, the the coffee, the whole thing. I, I will tell you something that's very interesting. You know, if you look at the media today and the blue check mark Twitter, and all that, how obsessed they are. And how absolutely deranged they are, and how dominate, <laughs> dominant in their minds, President Donald J. Trump is. I mean, this is literally like Caesar coming back to Rome, right? <laughs> love, love him, don't love, him, whatever it is. But it, it, all the news—that's all they, that's all they think about. Joe Biden's literally like a couple, like a like a couple of blocks away, you know. And nothing, and just, nothing. They're, they're crickets. So it's, it's crickets. They got a picture of him with his dog, or whatever. It is. <laughs> hold, it, hold it. While President President Trump is holding Let's, forth. Or what actually matters
1: to our country. Let's take take a short break. It was like a president of the United States, right? President Trump returns to Washington, D.C. Short break. We're going to try to get Tierman back up at the location. Boris and I are going to talk about this and also the Cook Report in the House races. All next. Friends, when America's farmers themselves start warning us about impending unavoidable food shortages... Do you think there might be a problem in this country? Well, you bet there is. Fertilizer shortages are going to impact you and your family very, very soon. That's why I suggest you drop what you're doing and go to preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com. You'll find a special offer where you can save $150 on a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest preparedness company with millions of well prepared customers who will be able to eat when the food shortage hits. And those shortages are going to hit. Their three month food kits give you over 2,000 calories per day and are selling fast, so don't wait. You get free shipping, and your food will arrive at your home in unmarked boxes. Get one kit for each person in your family. You'll need it. Go to PrepareWithBannon.com right now. That's preparewithbannon.com. It's no longer if, it's when the extensive food shortages are coming. Go to preparewithbannon.com. Do that today. Action,
2: action, action. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon.
3: The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide.
2: War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon.
1: Okay, MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. Walmart missed their numbers today. Far be it for me to say it's because they didn't have, they threw out uh, Mike Lindell's pillow. But for 1988, go to MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. We got it, Walmart Dudden They want it, but they're not getting it back. Okay, we also got the special sheets, 39 bucks buy one get one freeze all across the board on towels and pillows everything boom go there right now mypillow.com promo code Warum. the armor piercing shell remember tina peters and the team in 24 hours raised the money they're off to the races we're gonna have a report every day on how they're leading this crusade to get rid of the machines in colorado okay i want to go back to matthew Tierman. he's actually at the location where the speech was given matthew Boris just brought up the blue check twitter was in full meltdown because Donald Trump uh, you know, actually returned to the Capitol like Caesar. And you could tell he had a command presence. One of the things I found odd, Matthew, and one of the reasons I was so excited about having you there, you're one of the best experts, I think, geopolitically on international events and how they tie back to domestic politics and to the American people. Besides talking about China and some trade, I mean, am I wrong? Because it was an hour and 30 minutes and I tried to you know, focus on the entire thing. Did he really get into international affairs? Did he really get into Ukraine? Was there any discussion of that really in any depth at all?
3: No, The only sort of uh, uh, foreign policy facet was talking about immigration. Or that was the majority of it. He mentioned at the end, you could feel like he was trying to catch up from a little bit of a laundry list of other things he wanted to touch upon. He did say uh, at the 90-minute uh, mark, what, about 100 minutes, The 90-minute mark, uh, you know, this has been very much a security and, uh, you know, personal safety focus speech but i could talk about so many issues and then he rattled some off and he talked about nafta and the usmca and and chinese tariffs that we need to absolutely defend uh, but there was no mention of russia except for one word which is you know we should be selling uh, our natural gas our oil to europe not russia uh, which he's 100% correct on, and he had done. Uh, U.S. was a, a net uh, raw energy exporter. And as, a, as somebody who's in Poland, the Polish government was thrilled when they built a Baltic pipeline to be buying LNG from Chenier and Chesapeake and, uh, and other players in Texas and all over the U.S. Uh, so, no, it's very, very domestic. And, you know, I think the symbolism of it, of it is this country's falling apart right now. You know, every, every weekend on Monday morning we get headlines that, you know, 50, 60, 70 people were shot in Chicago, and they're not doing anything about it. And so he gets to come back to the D.C. and say, I leave the place alone for 17 months and this is what the country looks like. And it's nowhere more resonant and relevant to the normal American who sees the local news, not, you know, USA Today or the National Network, but the local news that crime is rampant. And then he also touched upon the other rampant, uh, uh, you know, dynamic that's hurting normal American people. And that's inflation, I mean, he's It'll to, allude to gas and prices a few times. But this is very, very, very domestic folks. And you think, right, that blue Twitter check uh, checkmark is going nuts right now. Uh, you know, when he said we need to bring back stop and frisk, I smirked because that was, you know, James P. Wilson and Rudy Giuliani. And it worked to help New York become the safest big city in the country, if not the world. And so now, of course, blue, uh, blue uh, check Twitter is probably saying racist policies like this. But they're not racist. They work. They work in the inner city. And so, you know, he comes in symbolically riding in on his horse and says, this country's a mess and here's how we're going to fix it for normal people. I think it's going to this speech will resonate with a lot of people who aren't even big pro-Trump people because they see it every day in their neighborhoods how bad it is. And you're right about AFPI. Uh, You know, if if memory serves, I think it was Brooke Rollins and Jared Kushner who pushed the first step back you know, reducing a lot of uh, prison sentences and being soft on crime. So. Little bit of an odd
1: hang on, uh, hang on one second boris what was the logic he could have talked about a lot of things and he's an expert on on geopolitics he knows the situation in the ukraine better than anybody he understands what's happening in the south china sea around taiwan why do you think is it because brooke rollins was his domestic policy chair and the afp's got a little more of a domestic policy? center of gravity or did trump make a strategic decision to say hey this is how i think i can get people who you know a lot of groups who think orange man's bad when i start talking about the crime the anarchy and the chaos
4: in the major cities of the united states boris epstein no doubt about it i I, I think it's probably a combination but more of it is the latter steve again what are the issues that matter to the American public right now, right? It's inflation, which has run away, no doubt about it. And President Trump's hitting it time and time and time again. And and it's personal security and safety, the skyrocketing crime. And now here President Trump is in a, in an inner city, let's be honest, in Washington, D.C., a, a, a town that is having a very, very tough time with crime. You know, sadly, we know that. Uh, you know, personally, be, you know, spending a lot of our time there, living there. Uh, and he's calling like he sees it. And by the way, also, he's, he's calling out to the folks in power who are wasting all this time on the J6 nonsense and all this and the investigations. Hey, why are you not protecting our kids? Why are you not protecting our schools? Why are you not protecting our streets? The message is clear as day. that Democrats don't have their priorities straight. They never really have. But now they're more crooked than ever. They're more crooked than crooked and Hillary. Their, their priorities are so upside down and really their priority and president Trump said this their number one priority is this it's take down President Trump that is all they care about that they don't like they don't care about they, they don't care about our country they don't care about our people they don't care about safety they don't care about security they are just so Trump obsessed and hey he came into Washington DC for the first time in what a year, 17 18 months and said their, said the facts to their face, which is the country has gone down the tubes since he left, and they're trying to do everything they can to prevent him from doing his job again. Let's go back to Matthew
1: Tiermont. Matthew, uh, closing thoughts. You were there for the entire time. You've also been at the policy conference. What what are your thoughts about what was put forward uh, today, and how do you see this playing? Uh, And also, do you think, uh, is your sense that President Trump is closer to announcing or you think making this policy speech or go out do some other speeches, some other rallies, but await to after November 8th, sir?
3: I uh, I think closer. Uh, you know, today uh, there's one line he said, uh, uh, you know, we may have to do it again after talking about the 2020 steal and how he won more than in 16. He said, but we'll have to do it again and we'll win again. And the, the room was very, very ebullient about that. Uh, he uh This is why he chose this issue is because this is a Main Street USA issue in a moment when Main Street is hurting. In 2016, he came in as an outsider and whacked down 16 career politicians from a governor of New York and a governor of Virginia who came in last uh, to many uh, pontificating senators. uh, And John Kasich was both. uh, He was uh, both a legislator and uh, in D.C. and in uh, in Columbus as uh, executive. Uh, and he was common sense. He was common sense on the border. He was common sense on immigration. Uh, he was common sense on tax policy and trade policy and bringing jobs back. And now the common sense issues are energy. We have the most of it in the world, drill and bring down the prices, and that will help with inflation. Inflation in and of itself. The regulatory regime that he was able to beat back a little bit in year one and year two, uh, you know, that's common sense. Bring that back. And crime. You can't defund the police. He's calling for, uh, you know, national reciprocal concealed carry. Uh, that's a common sense constitutional issue. Uh, he's calling for if the cities are burning, we'll send in the National Guard. That's common sense. I don't think he's going to get too into the weeds uh, in the next few months on things like Russia or Ukraine that are super nuanced. I think he's going to focus on the common sense issues that are hurting or affecting American people day to day as this as this country's going to hell in a handbasket. You know, he came in and, and said, is it better now? You know, 187 gas when I left. Now it's, you know, seven, eight bucks in L.A. Uh, so he's going to ride in and focus on these issues. And I think by focusing on it, he's setting himself up to announce before the midterms. I think he's getting ready. And, you know, I think the room is starting to feel that as well.
1: Matthew, to your mind, you're going on an assignment for us. Where are you heading out to and how do people get to you on social media and follow you?
3: Uh, so I'm going, uh, I was supposed to go to Munich tonight, but Lufthansa, you know, the Germans can't, they're supposed to do so everything right, but they can't do anything right, they cancel my flight, so I'm leaving tomorrow, so I'll be with you, I think, again tomorrow, but I'm going to Hungary to speak in Estragon, which is the uh, conservative summer youth festival, uh, I'm then going to uh, Slovenia, Italy, before coming back to the U.S., and I'll be uh, reporting for, for you from those places, and uh, we'll uh, we'll obviously be in contact to talk about all these salient issues. And uh, Matthew, turn on gonna again, et et cetera.
1: And, and Tiermont, you're also on Twitter too, as I as I remember. You you come in a little hot every now and again on Twitter. As yeah, I remember. Man. Finally, from the Ohio, from the Ohio primary, I think I remember you came in a little hot there on occasions.
3: Yeah, well, what, whenever I'm in a bad mood, I attack the uh, same people I did in Ohio. It makes me feel good. So, uh, yeah, getter Twitter <laughs> at Matthew Tiermont
1: Matthew Tiermont, thank you very much. See you tomorrow, Matthew Tiermont, our intrepid correspondent. I want to go back to. Boris, put in perspective how Blue Check, Maggie Haberman in the crowd, the Blue Check Twitter didn't handle this well today, did they? Trump
4: returned
0: kind of in
1: triumph.
4: I want to disagree with my lanzman, Matthew Tierman, okay? (laughs) And I would would proffer that the Germans don't always do everything right, okay? (laughs) And the Germans have gotten a lot of things really. Really, really. Uh, when when really they get the, when wrong. they get things wrong, they when they get things
1: wrong, they really get it wrong, correct? They
4: go big when they, the when German, they big. Germans. Well, let's put it this way: when they get them wrong, they get them wrong with a lot of detail. Okay, um, mm, but Matthew's a great guy, and, and Godspeed to him. Very important trip. In terms of in terms of this today, the blue check. Here's the bottom line. Here's all you need to know about where the country is, and you know all this talk of oh. President Trump, you know, he may have a challenger. Wrong. You think with anybody else who's ever mentioned any of those polls where President Trump always wins by 60, you think anybody else would, would get even an iota of the attention in the Washington, D.C. speech that he got today? There's, Blue Check Twitter is, is putting out videos of, of President Trump's motorcade, okay? Just the <laughs> fact that he's in D.C. <laughs> is making huge news. It's literally like Caesar or Cincinnati. you know, it, it's 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 you know it, this is this is a huge a huge, you know, a huge hey,
1: moment. I, I I I just I just thank divine providence my trial was last week because knowing how triggered they are, the DOJ would have tried to sentence me <laughs> before the trial was over if
4: this was last Tuesday. They are so triggered. This city is so triggered. No doubt, completely. They, they've they, lost they, their mind, right? They've lost their minds. This is all they could talk about. They're obsessed. This I, I could throw out historic comparisons. Stop in the face, you know, Napoleon after, you know, after being an album, The whole thing, this is just, this is amazing. You've never seen anything like this, okay? Never seen anything like this because America has gone away from the Democrats and the left so hard and it's moved toward MAGA so strongly. MAGA and President Trump are so ascendant. And the blue check Twitter and, and the mainstream, they just can't deal with it. They can't deal with it. And They do stories and they they find some old emails, including a bunch, you know, that have. Oh my God, you know, this is such major news. The you know alternate electors may have been appointed. Oh yes, that was that's been public the whole time. Stop trying to make news when there's no news. Here's the news: the gas is approaching eight eight nine bucks in L.A. as as Matthew said, and all over the country. Our inflation is sky high. 75% of American people are saying inflation is a terrible problem and are giving Joe Biden teens an approval on it. We're we're coming up on an annual first year anniversary of the disaster in Afghanistan. And President Trump came in Washington today and and told the Washington, D.C., you know, establishment, not the folks in the room necessarily, even though there were some there, but beyond, here I am, rock me like a hurricane. And I loved every second of it.
1: No, and he also went after their weak spot, which is their record. How, how the actions you've taken. I left 18 months ago. The thing was not collapsing. I come back and how it's we doing now? And all and all these great – Okay, need you to stick around. We come back. A Charles Cook actually did some shifting the other day. Uh, I, Boris has done some analysis. We're gonna re, uh, we're gonna talk about that because Cook said, "Hey, these guys have talked about this huge red tsunami." Well, he's actually saying, "I think it's actually receding a bit." Is Cook right or the war room right? We're going to get all into it in a moment when we return. Right to
4: the end, just watch and see. It's all started, everything's begun, and you are over. Because we're taking down the CCP.
1: With the recent rulings from the Supreme Court, it's worth mentioning that these wins didn't happen on their own. It took the support of companies like Patriot Mobile, who have passionately fought on behalf of the unborn and your constitutional rights. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian, conservative mobile phone provider, and they have been on the front lines fighting for your values. This is why Patriot Mobile is different from every other provider out there. Inflation has made it really hard on many Americans. Thankfully, Patriot Mobile has plans for almost any budget, and they offer the same nationwide coverage as all the major carriers. So you get the same great service, plus the knowledge that your money is going to a company fighting for the sanctity of life, religious freedom, and your Second Amendment. Go to patriotmobile.com. That's all one word, patriotmobile.com, slash Bannon, or call 972-PATRIOT, that's 972-P-A-T-R-I-O-T, 972-PATRIOT. Use the offer code BANNON, B-A-N-N-O-N, to get the free activation. If you're a veteran or first responder, please let them know because they have special discounts for you. Come join our movement and make the switch today, patriotmobile.com slash BANNON. That's patriotmobile.com slash BANNON, or call 972-PATRIOT. Support this company that supports your values. Do this today. Action, action, action.
3: The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want, the way you want. Download now.
1: It's a free app. Download it. Once you're on it, you've got uh, you got Harnwell. You have Tierman. You have myself, Cortez. Twenty-four-seven, we're putting stuff up. Boris, when he can, when he's working into his busy schedule, but you get everybody, and I'm up 24 hours a day. Let me go back to Chris Carter, Real America's Voice intrepid reporter chris there are a couple of disturbances today and i know it's from president trump i think he's still here in the background there's some people triggered <laughs> shouting various chants and obscenities chris carter tell us about it
2: Well, yeah, right now, earlier in the afternoon, right before former President Trump spoke, we had a group of about five or ten protesters enter the Marquis Marriott in downtown D.C. They threw literature around. They were cussing, as you can see from the sides, the signs they call themselves proud Antifa scum. They're protesting the president. He obviously triggers them a lot still. They've got their megaphones out. And this is pretty typical for what we see in Washington. Not a very big protest, but a small amount of people can make a really big disruption, as you can see.
1: Yeah, they're coming a little hot one thing chris uh, as you've noticed because you're outside the supreme court the entire time the rulings of the supreme court some of these other things as much as the left as much as msnbc wants to talk about it you don't really see the scale of these protests like you i'm not saying it's not going to happen but you don't see the scale it's still the anger and still the intensity but you don't see the scale that i think they were they were hoping for is that correct in your mind
2: Yeah, it seems like their movement has subsided a little bit. I covered all these rallies extensively throughout Washington, and the MAGA rallies leading up until early part of January were very big, very strong Antifa presence, very big pro-Trump presence. Right now, it's pretty much fizzled. These are the most radical of the radicals left over.
1: That's what we see outside there, great camera work by the Real America's Voice team. Chris Carter, one more time, how can people follow you on social media? Because I know you're putting up stuff all the time.
2: Sure. Yes. Obviously, you want to check all the Real America's Voice social media platforms, Getter, and then CarterRocks.com for any of my ClickFunnels.
1: Chris, thank you very much. Chris Carter, Real America's Voice, Washington DC correspondent. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, brother. Boris, uh, President Trump is, uh, I, I call him a McLuhan-esque figure in that he knows communication, he knows mass psychology, and he knows how mass communications works. This was very. He really thought this through before he came back today, and he knew he was going to trigger both the protesters like they're out there, but particularly the media and those on Capitol Hill. And we already noticed that the people on Capitol Hill are losing it. Put it. Put your assessment of uh, his strategy for today coming into this, and do you think it worked?
4: I think it undoubtedly worked. I think the strategy was on point. I think that President Trump came in there. Wanting to make it clear as day about how different we are now versus we were 18 months ago, and I and and that, that undoubtedly was delivered. The the point has been driven home that this country, and let's just be honest, it's not falling apart. And it's tough for me to say because I love this country. It's not falling apart, Steve. It has fallen apart under the terrible, feckless watch of illegitimate Joe Biden, his terrible team. I mean, you had you know you had Jake Sullivan the other day talking about oh I just found out what a supply chain is. Are you kidding me? You're the national security advisor, okay? The the Democrats are doing all they can to destroy our country. And President Trump came into Washington D.C. today. By the way, came in and came out, okay? That's the best thing to do with Washington D.C. these days. He he went to Washington D.C. and called it out like it is. That we need him. Back, We need the broadest shoulders possible because we don't have serious problems in our country, folks. We have grave problems in our country, and we need the most serious person in American history to deal with them, and that's President Donald J. Trump. So uh, I I thought the the speech hit every point, and the fact that it was as domestic-focused and the fact that that surprised so many of the establishment and the uniparty, the intelligentsia, and the haters was exactly what should have been done because it is vital. It is vital for our country to get focused on keeping Americans secure, not just financially, but also importantly and overwhelmingly in terms of their personal safety. And President Trump hit that point out of the park.
1: Uh, Drudge right now has in the Mac Daddy a big red headline picture of Merrick Garland in front of the, the uh, at the press at the at the podium at the Justice Department, big red headline: Garland open to prosecuting. Trump and it's about an interview he gave with Lester Holt. He says he's open to hold any, anybody criminally criminally responsible that is responsible. Your thoughts, sir?
4: My thoughts are that election time is coming, uh, and and that's what the Democrats are trying to do. They're trying to distract. They're trying to uh, you know put up false flags and trying to tell the American people to look over there. What they should, the American people know where they need to be looking at, and that's sky high inflation, disaster at the border. Runaway gas prices, absolute fecklessness all over the world. and those, But those kind of distractions, those, those kind of lookaways no longer work. The American people see right through them, and that's why they're so focused on bringing MAGA in in 2022 and bringing President Trump, as if, if we hope and expect he runs for president, back in 2024, to be inaugurated the latest gen, 20, 2025.
1: Okay, you commit to me, we're going to come back tomorrow and we'll figure out in the morning the afternoon, probably in the afternoon, and go through the After shifting of... Shifting of a few of these uh, districts. And I have a question. You you think wrongfully shifting and you've got the receipts to show that is what you've told me,
4: correct? No, no doubt about it. I mean, President Trump, President uh, in 2018, you know, President Trump's approval rating was way above what Joe Biden is. And Democrats were still able to get 41 seats. Okay. Joe Biden's approval rating is at historic lows, much lower than Obama in, in 2010, much lower than Bill Clinton in 94. So to talk about, oh, this is going to be, you know, a 20 to 30 seat. No, this is going to be an annihilation. And no matter the, the Cook Report could go and try to cook up, pun intended, any little schemes to depress enthusiasm. That's not going to work. That's not going to happen. 100 seats, 100 years. We've got the receipts. Okay, real quickly, your social media. No doubt about it. Boriscp.com is the website. The hot newsletter. Sign up right now. Boriscp.com. Hot on Getter at Boriscp. On Twitter at Boriscp. Hot on Truth Social at Boris. The hottest on the gram. Boris on the scrub side. Stay strong. God bless, and I'll see you tomorrow. Okay, I well, want everybody to hold on. Nate, Dave Walsh. We're going to talk about the
1: energy crisis in the United States and how it's expanding throughout the world. This is a global crisis, and it's going to impact the midterms. But most important, it's going to impact you. Also, Rebecca Koffler is going to give you the inside of how. Uh, Putin thinks. She's written the book, Putin's playbook. It's out in paperback today. She's going to be here. And Mike Davis is going to go all over the laptop from hell. The FBI, Merrick Garland, I'll be worried about the FBI and what they're suppressing about the laptop from hell. Mike Davis is going to break down what Senator Grassley's talking about in this letter. All next in War Room Battleground. Let
4: me tell you about Salty.